backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Kellen McGregor is a multi-talented musician and founding member of Memphis Mayfire. He is producer, composer, writer, and much more. I was fortunate enough to track him down for my last interview of 2021. So I have Kellen McGregor of Memphis Mayfire, and uh, we we had a hard time getting together, but we finally made it. Figured it out. Yep, we did. Well, I, I'm I'm honored. I appreciate it. Tell me more about you. I know you play a bunch of different instruments. I need to know more about Kellen. I play a bunch of instruments in a very mediocre way. Not sure I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very good at being mediocre at a lot of, a lot of instruments. Uh, I started off as a drummer. Was a drummer for a long time. Went to college for it. Got real burnt out on that whole you know, music education path. And I'd always kind of just dabble in playing guitar and writing music on the side. I don't know. I think just pushing myself like way too hard for that music ed degree kind of showed me like, maybe you need to do something that's a, that has a little more passion to it. You know what I mean? Something that like puts a little more spark in your life. So I did the real smart thing, which is drop out of college and uh, move back home. <laughs> it's probably the best. People are taking notes see. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, drop out of college, but don't at the same time. Yeah, and I just, you know, I played in a bunch of local bands for a long time in Dallas that didn't really go much to anywhere, and then just got really, really lucky that the music scene, honestly, in Dallas at that time, you know, in the early 2000s, was just really, really full of, like, rabid fans and a lot of support and a lot of really cool venues. They're really into having rock shows all the time. Um, and all different kinds of genres of music. And so we just, it, it was just like one of those, a little bit of luck and a, like a, maybe a smidge of talent. And then, you know, just everything just kind of rolled together. And, you know, here we are, like, what was that, 2007 or so? So, yeah, I mean, you know, over a decade later, I mean, it's just, you know, almost 15 years later. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Time flies, yet it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you kind of knew for a long time that you wanted to do music and that was it. Yeah, I, th- I think the moment I heard Nirvana, I was like, yeah, I want to be a drummer. I saw Dave Grohl just smacking the crap out of his drums, and I was just like, okay, that's what I want to do. Like, <laughs> you know, and and back in in that day, they would test you to see if, like what you might be good at as far as band goes, and so they would bring people in and they'd make you like play rhythms on your knee and on on the floor and. You know, they thought I, I did really, really well. So I was like, yeah, that's great because that works because all I want to do is play drums. So just stuck with that for a long time. And I still love percussion and drums. I wish I had the time to get a kid again and, and start playing again. I just finding the time and the space to do it is just a nightmare. So it'd be one day. Yeah. Well, what was that transition like when you said, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the guitar. It didn't go real smooth. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I don't think YouTube was really much of a thing back then. And we're, you know, we're talking like 2003, 2004, 2005. I mean, YouTube was like in its infancy, so it wasn't like I could just go on there and, and become a master in a month by taking these tutorial videos and just, you know, <laughs> living that. Uh, so I just watched people play, and and I was really lucky to kind of play in garage bands growing up, and and kind of try and mentally take notes from dudes that I played with, and you know I just kind of figured it out, and I just approached it as a drummer would, which is probably not the best idea, <laughs> but uh, you know I I just kind of made it up as I went, and got really lucky that some of it worked, and you know some of it didn't, and everything else just washed away. You can shred, 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I know nothing about how to create that music, but I know when it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. love to watch somebody play. It's just beautiful. Yeah, that's how I am with singers. Whenever I hear like a, a singer that I'm working with or even just, you know, even with Matt, I'll just whenever I hear a singer just produce something so effortlessly that sounds mm-hmm. awesome, I'm like instantly in awe, but also very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know how many years of practice it would take for me to just to get even close to that? Like, I just, you know, it's not it's not in the cards for me. And I that's fine. <laughs> Do you think of yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? If my wife was in here right now, she would 100% say, yeah, like, yeah, he's a thousand percent introvert. But I think since dating her and then getting married, I, I think she's pulled me over to the dark side a little bit, over to the extrovert side. <laughs> also taking note, extroverts, dark side. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so we want to get into the backstory of Memphis Mayfire. Now, you were one of our headliners for Loud and Proud. By the way, I had a great time with you guys in Germany. Yeah, I want to go back. That was a blast. We really enjoyed having y'all there. I'm sure we'll have you back. Yeah, we'd love to. Anyway, we had a discussion in Germany if it's Memphis Mayfire or Memphis Mayfire. <laughs> the age-old question. The age-old question. And they actually listened to videos to see how Maddie pronounced it. So you were there from the beginning. So which one is it? Well, okay, so... I guess if you want to get real nitty gritty, it's it's three individual words, Memphis May Fire. But honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> oh, come on. You know, as long as the name is there and the spelling is somewhat correct, it, it doesn't matter. Who, who cares? Sounded to me like you said Memphis May Fire. <laughs> yeah, I think it also depends on how Southern you are. You know oh, OK, I mean? well, I'm very Southern. so. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like if you're more Southern, I'm, I'm from Dallas, so I, I'm not really that Southern. My parents... They were both from out of state, so I didn't really grow up with a southern accent or anything. But I think the more southern you are, it becomes Mayfire is one word. That's, <laughs> I guess that's a natural true. progression of it. Yeah, just together. swish it together, and that's fine. Yeah, well, how did you get that name? Oh, no. Um, originally, we were called Oh, Captain, My Captain. Mm-hmm. And this metal band from, like, Michigan messaged us on MySpace, and they're like, hey, that's our name. And we got a lawyer, and we're going to sue you guys if you keep putting out music under that because we had just put out like one song and we were about to do a whole EP and we were, you know, a bunch of infants basically. And so we we're like scared and we we're like, oh, geez, okay. And so we just uh, went back, like literally went back. We had like a, like a whiteboard in our practice room where we had all our names. It was like good names, mediocre, and definitely no. And we took like two names and just smushed them into one. And we're like, we got a show in a week. We got to decide. Here we go. And then we announced it at the first show and it just, the rest is history. Wow. Kind of like random then. Super anticlimactic, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good to know. Trying to get like five dudes to all agree on one name. Man, that's really hard. So you had three people that liked three words and so it became one name. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because you've got the like, you know, you may have two on one side, two on the other and you got a tiebreaker. And then that (laughs) guy's like, oh, geez, what do I do? Who do I make more mad in the band? (laughs) So what do you like to do the most? You do backing vocals, lead guitar, rhythm guitar, keyboards, programming. What What's your favorite thing to do? I really love the songwriting process, even though it can be really frustrating. But I don't know. There's something special about getting on stage and, and just playing. I could never get on stage and, and not have a guitar. I would feel super awkward, which is funny because my wife, Tiffany, she like gives me crap about this. I'm just like, you get on stage in front of thousands of people. This should be no problem. Like going in and speaking in front of friends or something like that or in front of a group or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have a guitar on. Like that's my <laughs> social shield, you know, like, yeah, I, it's I like a mask. That. Yeah, it's like a mask, like a costume. 
So, you know, walk around with a guitar whenever you have uh, social situations. I would, 100%. We, we had a Halloween party at, at Matt's house on Sunday, and uh, we dressed up as each other. So my wife Tiffany was me, and I dressed up as her. And so part of her outfit as me was a guitar, and she was just totally vibing the whole concept of it, like just <laughs> rocking out and stuff. It was hilarious. I do believe I saw a picture of that, and you were very pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she did a great job. I made her redo my my eyebrows like three times. <laughs> yeah. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Our performance service family is a Solid Rock Radio business ministry partner who offers turnkey e-commerce website design, marketing, and converged technology consulting. Online at outperformancemarketing.com. All right. So give us a, a rundown of the members of Memphis Mayfire. Yeah, so me, Maddie Mullins, Corey Elder, we just call him Corn, uh, and Jake Garland, four of us. The current lineup has been together for how long? 11 years, something yeah. like that, I think so. Y'all really gelled together. I was- yeah, we've had you know a couple different guitar players for a long period of time, um, but the four of us, I don't know, just something about the four of us, we just... Yeah, like you said, we just gel. You know, everybody mm-hmm. understands everybody else's proclivities and personalities and you know, unique quirks. And so since it's been a foursome again, and we've gone on tour, it's like very mellow, you know, like just very Mm -hmm. chill. I think it's going to stay that way. Very comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's nothing like drama on the road, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like having a family, you know, you've got so many different personalities. And when you go on tour and you're cooped up in a bus or you know it's just sometimes just personalities kind of clash and and you know then the next day it's fine and then you clash again and the next day it's fine and that kind of roller coaster kind of wears on you over time and so mm-hmm. the four of us we just don't really do that we don't really do the roller coaster you just don't just... talk to each other anymore right <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> no it's, it's really bizarre like the four of us we just don't like at each other. It's just like very chill. As I was getting ready to do this interview, I was on YouTube and I found an old video of an interview you did of the uh, bus invaders. Saw the bus invaders when there was like the 15 passenger van. And then I went and saw the one, the tour bus is a big difference. Yeah. What were those days like the 15 passenger van with trailer days? It was a lot of me loading the trailer late (laughs) at night. Um, (laughs) uh, Corn would help. But uh, you know, what's funny is I actually didn't, mind touring that way because i kind of liked driving at night so i ended up getting a lot of night shifts i had my ipod back in the day like my 50 gig ipod and i would just run that until i couldn't drive anymore and we would just take shifts um we had all sorts of like little hacks where we would put our suitcase in between the bunks so it would make it more like a bed it would kind of extend your little bed but somehow somebody put a hole in the door and that became the trash chute only the trash never went anywhere and just stayed in the door. <laughs> and so people were just cramming trash in the door. It's real. Yikes. That's a real smart idea. Yeah. So to go from that to a bus was mind blowing. Yeah. Can, can you even wrap your mind around the difference between those two eras? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like getting ready in Starbucks bathrooms and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's very different. Oh, maybe there's hope for these van bands, as I call them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if we can do it, anybody can do it. There is something to be said, though, about like pouring in a van where you're in s- such a confined space with people that you care about for so long. Something about that like, really creates like a camaraderie, mm-hmm. you know, that you can't quite do on a bus. I've known some bands that went from being a small band straight to pretty much to, to a bus, like very small amount of time in a van straight to a bus and 
you know, have seen them like go through a revolving door of members, you know, not that, that we haven't, but like the four of us have been together since, since the van days. And, you know, I don't know, it's just something you, you learn about doing that experience. And I, I think it builds some sort of character, even though I, I feel like that's like, Hey, it builds character kind of thing to say, like <laughs> something your really dad does, would say, man. right? It makes you appreciate stuff. Yeah. It makes you, I don't know, makes you appreciate it and be thankful for it. Yeah. Now, you guys do a hefty amount of touring in secular industry and in the Christian industry. What is that like? How do you keep that balance between the secular world and the Christian world? Or do you even try to? I wouldn't say that there's like really any strategy to it. We just like playing for anybody who wants to come hear us. And it doesn't matter like where it is in the world. You know, if you're religious or if you're not, it, it, it doesn't matter to us. We will go anywhere where people want us to come play or where we feel called to. And it's really honestly not something we give much thought to. Personally, trying to make it like one thing or the other, that's just not us. You know, we're just here for the ride. You know what I mean? You just let your worldview speak for itself, right? Yeah. We've done tours with bands that were like more radio friendly bands. And a lot of their audience members had never heard of us. And then after doing those shows, people were like, yo, I, I would never have heard of you guys if you hadn't played with so-and-so, but now you you just picked up a new fan. And like that's literally an experience we would never have gotten if we had been maybe more selective with certain touring options and stuff like that. And so we're just always down to get out there and spread the love. Yeah, amen. Well, I'm all for that. I think that there's a lot of opportunity out there if you allow yourself to be open to mm -hmm. all different types of audiences, not just speak to Christians, but speak to everyone. Right. And, and some people, that's their thing, you know. They cater to a particular group of people. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's something to be said for not limiting yourself. Yeah, it gives, exactly. Yeah. gives you more of an opportunity to minister to people wherever they are. Yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. I saw in another video you talking about a mental health struggle that you had had. All of us right now are having a mental health struggle. <laughs> Would you share some about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an understatement to say that, like, going from, you know, touring in vans and not getting paid a whole lot and just the grind of that for just years. I think a lot of people really dismiss like how it like backlogs all of this anxiety onto you. And then because you don't really ever deal with it because you just are like, well, got to keep touring, got to keep touring, get out there. And then you go straight from that into got to make a record and then you got to go tour on it again. It's just like you're just sweeping endless dust under a rug. And then it just kind of eventually will take its toll on you and you'll, you'll never expect it. In part, honestly, I think maybe sometimes that's what you got to do to get to where you're going. You know, I mean, like I've been kicked out of my house when we were trying to make it. I was living in our van for a bit. I lived at our practice spot for a little bit. I did whatever it took and just kind of sucked it all up and pushed it down for a long time. And, uh, you know, to be totally honest, like I wouldn't say it was like imposter syndrome, but it was just kind of like for a long time, I, I think I felt like either I didn't deserve it or I hadn't really done enough. I think that's the main thing is always feeling like I still haven't done enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I still got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more just because I was conditioned to that in the early stages of trying to make it in the band and then you know just kind of compounding that with what i was saying about you just keep pushing it down and down you're like one day i'll deal with it one day it's, it's okay i'm fine now and um man when it finally comes up it's it's a strange experience the human experience it's unlike anything else Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see you're in a better place now. Yeah, well, it's amazing to see that there's so many resources available for that nowadays. I mean, you know, Matt's wife, Brittany, she started Beneath the Skin pretty much 
specifically for that because she saw a need for that, especially in in like those early days where you're like forging the person you're going to be in your late 20s and 30s. Like that stuff wasn't available. Uh, those resources weren't. I think a lot of people would be very different in the music industry if, if that was the case back then. So it's hopeful to look towards the future for artists trying to make it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are a lot of resources now that, like you said, were not available back then. I think it's great that we are right. paying more attention to people's mental health. Mm -hmm. um, we're losing too many people. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't kidding. I want to talk about really quickly your upcoming seventh studio album. I believe you've got four singles that are out right now. So, yeah, we have four out. Uh, Blood and Water, Death Inside, Bleed Me Dry, and Somebody. Somebody is our radio single, so that's the one that's going to be pushed for that whole route. We do have another single coming out pretty soon. We haven't announced it yet. Stay tuned, right? <laughs> Stay tuned, yeah. I always get a little scared to say stuff because I, I don't want to get an angry email. <laughs> like, oh, you weren't supposed to say the title of that. You know, I'm always afraid I'm going to slip up and, and bum out somebody with our management or something like that. No, Maddie, he didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always I'm like, zip, zip. <laughs> Uh, the new one, Somebody, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Speaking of mental health, that's an incredible song, lyrically and musically. It. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit more about that one? Yeah. So with every song we've been doing, we try to be very intentional with all these new songs. Instead of just writing something and just kind of rolling with it, which is honestly what we kind of used to do, we wanted to just be very focused and like have every song have a specific vibe, a specific message. And we've done that with every release where it's partnered with a certain nonprofit. It. We wanted everything just to, you know, like I said, to be very intentional because when the pandemic happened, it kind of put a lot of our plans on halt as, in terms of like writing with other producers and, and timetable for when our album would come out. So it made us refocus, which was rad because then we turned out more than we thought we were going to do, to be totally honest. So with this go around, yeah, I would write a really focused track. I would send it off to Matt and Cody. They would write the vocals to us, send it back to me. We would toss back ideas back and forth, you know, trim this, cut this here. You know, they wanted to be very, very specific about each message and being very personal with it because, you know, sometimes you're trying to write 12 tracks and you're like, oh, okay, well, what are these last three tracks going to be about? And so it was really rad to have Cody part of our team to like bounce ideas off of not only musically, but lyrically and thematically. And, and uh, I think it worked out to be a really cool, cool combo. I believe I read where the proceeds for this song was going to the Nashville Rescue Mission. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook at... I'm with Mothership. Speaking of writing and producing and all that good stuff, everybody I interview seems to bring your name up. So tell me about what you do for new artists or well, existing artists uh, in the way of producing and writing. And, and how did that come about? That's something I'd always just kind of done on the side whenever I had time. And, you know, the last couple of years, we've been touring a lot. Um, and so trying to, like, find big blocks of time where I can just be in that zone was kind of tricky. And so to be totally honest, like the, we haven't toured quite as much the last like probably two and a half years. And so it's really given me an opportunity to kind of explore that because that's always been a big passion of mine. But just trying to find a way to make that more priority has always been kind of tricky just because I'm the band coordinator, like the band director. And so everybody relies really heavily on me for a lot of things that are like pretty much anything not business related. And so that's always taken up a lot of my time uh, and resources. And so it's been really rad to just focus on writing with artists that come in here or even if they complete stuff out of state just doing production or mixing for them. But yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I've, I've had a bunch of folks come in here and, and write songs and that's probably one of my favorite 
things that I get to do. When people come to you, what does that process look like? Do they come with songs already done or do they look for ideas? How does that work? I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> some some folks come in with like a very specific lyrical idea or even just a one line of a, of a like a chorus line and they want to build off of that some folks come in and go you tell me what are we writing about you know <laughs> like and so we'll just bounce ideas off each other or just kind of like have like a mood that they have and so i'll just start building some sounds for a track and then based on that mood we we go oh you know what it's like dark moody thing it would be really cool if we did this kind of theme with it and and you just kind of snowball it from there so it can go all sorts of ways Wow. Now you have a home studio in Nashville? Just have a little home studio, mm-hmm. uh, like just south of Nashville. But yeah, I love having folks in here. So all they have to do is contact you and say, hey, we need some help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had some folks that come in and they, they're very like headstrong, like this is what I want. This is what I do. And I'm like, OK, my job is just to make sure that whatever you're doing, let's just do it even better. Or some folks, you know, they need to be pushed because they get stuck in like a safe play where they're like, oh, well, this is what I do. And I'm, you know, kind of want to stay in there. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, you need to get pushed outside of that comfort zone because that's the only way you're going to grow. Now, does that come natural to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I need like to answer of, that question. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's kind of messed up, but I, I kind of like pushing people outside of their comfort zone. Occasionally, I will get pushback like, oh, I don't know. That's just not really what I do. And then I'll keep pushing and prodding. And then we start creating something. And then, you know, by the end of the day, they're like, OK, I see what you're doing there. I'm like, yeah, you just got to trust me. So you can listen to a band and know which direction they need to go. Usually, yeah, I feel like that's one thing I'm pretty good at. Um, and more specifically, like with vocalists, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at hearing what they do well and knowing how to capitalize on that. You know what okay. I mean? Like uh-huh. if they have a certain sound or if they are really good at molding their voice to do different kinds of sounds. Like I, I'm i usually pretty good at being observant of that and then trying to just capitalize on that and, and just do more of that. So it's time to name drop. Tell me some of the artists you've worked with. <laughs> Spoken, Random Hero, Zana, Amongst the Giants, Seventh Day Slumber, wrote a track with Disciple. I'm sure I'm leaving a bunch of folks out. The protests. Uh, now, you did Relent song, too, didn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, Miggy came up here um, and we redid a lot of vocal stuff. And I did some vocal production and music mm-hmm. production um, mm-hmm. and writing with that. They'd already kind of had some demo stuff. And so he came up here because they had to finalize the last two and flew him up here and we knocked it out. He's an awesome dude. I love that guy. I um, do, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was just only here for two days. I was sad that he had to go. But, uh, yeah, I was very stoked on the way the songs turned out. So you've worked with a lot of bands. Yeah, ton, tons of folks. It's a lot of fun. Well, everybody speaks so highly of you. That's why I said I have got to get him on my show and talk to him a little bit about this. It's like, <laughs> well, that's like, nice you know, originally it's like, OK, he's the guitarist. But then it's like, oh, wait, he has some other skills. Yeah, well, I, I try. I, all I can do is my best, you know. Yeah, well, there you go. I think that's really cool that you've, you've got like a whole spectrum of things that you can do that you have mm-hmm. specialties in. And uh, another thing that I saw online was, how do you say it? STL Tones? Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's funny is when I started working with them, it's owned by this guy named Sonny. Uh, who's an Australian dude who had moved here to Nashville. And I got paired up with him through a tech that worked for Seven Dust. 
And I don't know why I didn't put two and two together because his name is Sonny True Love and his company is called STL Tones. And for some reason, it took me like a week after we had been chatting that I was like, oh, I get it now. I'm like, wow, that's slow on that one. Um, Thinking it was some sort of technical acronym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't know what it was. I, I was like way overthinking it for sure. Yeah. So he's got a plug in company and it's basically like a digital amplifier and he has a process of capturing the sounds that you create and, and basically digitally recreating them. And so I did a whole series with them, a whole pack with them that works on different platforms. Like if people buy my pack um, with that software, then they can have the sounds that I use. Okay. Essentially what it is. So all your presets. Yeah. Okay. So they can sound crunchy? They can sound real crunchy, yeah. I mean, I like I hate to say this when people ask me about guitar tones and stuff like that, because they always ask what I use or what I used on the new MMF stuff. And I'm like, dude, I, I hate to use a use this as a shameless plug, but I use a lot of my own stuff because uh, I know how it sounds. And I know how I want it to sound. Um, and that's kind of how I created that whole STL Tones pack was like, that's how I want stuff to sound, which doesn't work for everything. But I think it's rad. And there's a ton of other great artists on there that all have different unique presets and packs and stuff like that. It's a really great resource. That's cool. I, I like that idea because if you like a certain sound of a particular band, you know, but you have to do it yourself. Just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you if people are you know guitar players out there that dig the new Memphis stuff or any of the new Zana stuff, the Monks of Giants is not out. New Seventh Day Slumber stuff. I just mixed the new Seventh Day Slumber record that's coming out. I use STL all over that. That's that's pretty much all I use now. Nice. Okay, is there anything that I've missed that you wanted to share? I mean, you're very thorough. I will say <laughs> I learned Sunday that wearing a dress is very comfy. <laughs> I was uniquely surprised by that. I, originally, I was going to do like these black jeans and a uh, girly top. And then she was like, babe, you have to wear a dress. Solid Halloween costume. Yeah. And I, I'll say it's it was a life-changing experience. It's super comfy. If they could make like dresses for guys that were appropriate... I would wear it around the house, 100. <laughs> percent One word for you. Just get a kick out of it. Kilt. Yeah. Kilt. Oh yeah. Well, I am Scottish, so I think you're right. Dang. That's that's the next step. Dude, that's it. That's it. Nobody will question it. Oh my yeah. gosh. But Gregor, of course, you could wear a yeah, kilt. Yeah, I'll say, hey man, listen, my last name's McGregor. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, well, we've solved that problem. You are welcome. Yeah. I always ask this because most of the bands I buy snacks for are in, like I said, in vans. I don't do as many bands that tour in nice, comfy buses. But sure. what's your favorite road snack? What do you like to eat on the road? I will say that back when we were basically living in a van, I'm surprised that we didn't turn into just straight Taco Bell because that's literally all we ate. You know, it's like <laughs> literally Taco Bell at every meal. We would pull through the drive through like scraping our trailer tires on the drive-thru and we would just ask for a volcano sized amount of fire sauce i mean like you know we we, we would spend literally our whole entire five dollars that we got for our per diem we were just like mathematicians trying to figure out how many tacos and different things we could get for five dollars yeah i that's pretty much all we lived on it's still my guilty pleasure i got it sunday night i'm not gonna lie to you but you know i'm 36 now and my body doesn't digest things the way it used to so it's like hey what are you doing to me like <laughs> like come on man remember the old days yeah. used to love this what about now while snacking in the bus nowadays i'm a big beef jerky fan yeah especially if i can find like that soft like turkey jerky that's my ah, favorite yeah yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the like the real like authentic 
like tough jerky that you like got to suck on for forever. That's just not my vibe. I like that soft, like kind of more, maybe it's more fake. I don't know, but it tastes good. And that's all that matters. There you go. All right. Well, we'll take that. Yeah. It's, it's also like a relatively healthier side of the spectrum snack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As yeah, opposed yeah. to eating a massive thing of chips, jerky's the way to go. And it's protein, good. man. It is protein. All right. As we wrap up, how can people reach you? I have my website up and running, so it's just KellenMcGregor.com. Um, if okay. people want to hit me up for mixing quotes or production or writing or any of that stuff, and they can mm-hmm. they can check out all the stuff I've worked on there. It's got all my credits. It's got stuff they can listen to. So, yeah, just KellenMcGregor.com. Okay. If anyone wants to find that information, if they go to the Solid Rock Radio website and then check on the Backstage with Mothership page, I will have all the links to Memphis Mayfire, SDL Tones, and KellenMcGregor.com. Get in touch with Kellen. He's waiting on you. Yes, yeah. please do. Well, let me let you go. Thanks a lot, Kellen. I appreciate you. Yeah. Right. Have a good one. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay tuned for more great music all night long. Be sure to check out my I'm With Mothership Facebook page and Solid Rock Radio's website. Follow the link under Shows to Backstage with Mothership, which will have the links to my guests' social media accounts. This show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Past interviews available on podcast.solidrockradio.org, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Pandora platforms. And remember this week, be kind to one another.